find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo. You are now listening to the World Championship Podcast, live and direct from the City of Champions. Yes, motherfucker, that's Los Angeles. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to a brand new episode of Behind the Baller Podcast. This is the weekend wrap-up. I am your host, Ben Baller, the Korean Fernando Valenzuela. Motherfuckers, we're headed to the chip. All right, y'all, the World Series We are World Series bound, y'all. LA Dodgers got it done. I'm so fucking happy right now. I legit had tears last night. I got chills. I got goosebumps in my arms. And now I just feel all kinds of weird types of way and shit. I had like just stomach cramps last night watching this shit. And you know what? Yo, I was praying that they didn't bring Jansen and that motherfucking um, into the game, man. Thank God Urias held it down. But goddamn, God bless Corey Seager, belly bomb for that motherfucker, my boy Cody fucking Bellinger for that belly bomb. Yo, this year is definitely different. I'm telling you, this team feel different. All that fucking Buffalo Bills talking shit, it ain't going down. We ain't going to bring up all the cheating shit and banging on trash cans, all this other stuff. Look at man, check this out real quick. I really got no problem with Tampa Bay, but check it out. Fuck Tampa Bay. This is the real city of champions. Okay, we got legacies over here. I don't want to hear shit about no NHL, no lightning. Fuck out of here. It's about the Lakers and the Dodgers. Okay, and if my Seahawks win the Super Bowl this year, I'm going to break everything that I own. I'm going to go and hurt innocent people. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. But yo, yo, what's good, everybody? I'm fucking hyped. We have an excellent show for you today. Yo, we got my boy Vegas Dave. He is maybe the only guy that I know who's more hated than I am, okay? And he's here to talk about his trials and tribulations in Sin City. This guy's fucking crazy, by the way. And in the hobby, he's made a shitload of money. How the fuck he turned a $400,000 Mike Trout card into a $3.9 million card. He's got all kinds of gambling shit. If you ever go to his page, he's fucking nuts. I never really paid attention. I was like, yo, this dude's a trip. But yo, yo, check this out. Let me finish by saying, this year isn't over yet. Okay, this is not an ad. I'm just being straight up real with you guys. We got a lot of work to do. Okay, we got two and a half months left. Actually, less than that. We got less than two and a half months left, okay? But really, we only got a motherfucking, about what, another week or so? And uh, we got work to do, man. I got a big legal political episode coming up this thursday with a dear friend tahani abushi she's actually running for district attorney of manhattan new york um i've never really got deep into politics or legal shit ever on this show but you know what when i was listening to i still listen to michael rapport's podcast he had a, a political correspondent on the show and i was like you know what it's why the fuck would i not talk about this now so we're gonna get into it for sure And for the record, I have obviously done my amount of, well, I've done a big amount of charity and donations over the last 10 years. But this year, 
this month actually was the first time I've actually ever donated to a presidential campaign, okay? It is time to make a difference. You can go out there and make a difference. I voted for Biden this weekend. Yes, I voted for sleepy Joe Biden, right? Smoking Joe Biden this weekend. Everyone, please go out and vote. I don't care what city you're in. I don't give a fuck. If you're in America, go fucking vote, okay? You know how impatient I am. I'm not waiting no motherfucking lines. I got ulcerative colitis, and I would have fucking waited in line. I happened to have my wife. I don't know how the fuck she did it, but she set up uh, mail-in votes for us. But go out and vote. Again, coming from someone who's, you know, crazy, impatient, whatever, I'd wait in line just to make sure that we get that orange cocksucker out of here, okay? So please go and vote. Don't worry about no polls, who's up, when this. Don't wait. Don't wait. Just go vote. And we will see all the fuckery go down on November 3rd because although I don't think a president will be elected on that day, but there could be a president elected if there is a true landslide victory. And if there's a, if there's a landslide, then there's nothing to talk about, okay? But it's going to be a shit show. I know that. Trump's going to sue. He's going to sue whoever the fuck. He's going to piss him off. He's going to comply about fucking shit being corrupt and say it was a sham. And look, man, fuck him, okay? Fuck Trump and fuck anyone who rocks with Trump, all right? And I'm done with that. I ain't gonna talk about no, you know, none of that shit anymore. I just had to get that off my chest. So anyways, I had a pretty good weekend. <laughs> and you know what? I just realized when I was talking earlier, I said, Kelly, don't even know what the fuck I was thinking of Kelly, but Kenley Jansen, fuck him too. Look, man, Dave Robertson pissed me off. I know there's a lot of other people that want to whoop Dave Roberts' ass, but Kenley Jansen, every fucking time you go to a game, you see Jansen come in, they play California Love, and make me hate the song California Love. It's one of my most fucking favorite Dr. Dre songs. And uh, I already told you through the K-Town Hustler series how um, that song got nominated for a fucking Grammy, and I almost fucking could accept it. If it had won, I would accept it on behalf of Aftermath Entertainment and Pac and Dre and all that other bullshit anyways. I know, I know, we need to get K-Town Hustler series part three. We will. I promise. And I know I didn't make good on it. I made good on everything else. I do got to get that popping. I cannot tell you how fucking overwhelmed and busy I've been. I, I don't even know who I am these days. And that's the real shit. Anyways, I had a pretty good weekend. Um, obviously, I got to meet up with 10 of my local fans, or I would say SoCal Los Angeles fans, and I distributed my LA boxes. Um, shout out to Sports Source 2 in Studio City, California for hosting the event. Michael Ant, you are a fucking beast. I love you, bro. You are a fucking amazing person. Straight up, no bullshit. You are really a great dude. All right. I must say there was a vi wide variety of cultures and that I'm very grateful to have you guys as supporters for real. All right. One of the people who bought my boxes drove all the way up from Oceanside. And that's a fucking, it could be a two hour drive sometimes, right? Before he heard that I was even doing a San Diego box, he was like, fuck this, let me get it in. I want to say thank you, bro. Thank you for real. You know, I know it's it's not easy. One, it wasn't a cheap box. Two, I do know that there was a lot of goodies in there and things like that. But, you know, just the fact that you took the time out to drive, to meet me, um, that you listened to the podcast. So, you know, I just want to say, man, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Green and Lit. That's his brand, Green and Lit. I actually like it. He has this really dope Oceanside shirt. And I'm a, um, he's going to send me one in my size. I'm a rocket. Um, one dude was a nine to fiver, which was really interesting, right? Like, I mean, a true nine to fiver. 
and he works at a regular store, you know what I'm saying? And he had a list of questions like this was some fucking complex in a magazine interview, you know what I'm saying? I thought he was fucking chinks from complex. And it was like a straight up interview. It was crazy. He had he had written him down on his phone, but it was it was dope. Much love to the little homie Arturo from Boyle Heights. Hey bro, I really do hope you get this gaming shit off the ground and figure out what you want to do. But you know what? If that don't work out, check it out, homie. You are still young. You have a lot of time. Look, bro, shit didn't start going and it started getting popping for me till I turned 32, 31, right? Thankfully that I had a couple other hustles, but look, man, I you know, you're just a you, you seem like a solid kid and and again, Arturo, man, God bless you. I hope you, you know, you crush it. Of course, it wouldn't make any sense if the Asian community didn't back me up, right? Because the Asian community has been behind me. So shout out to Henry, to Leon, to Terry. Yo, Terry Kim was the only Korean dude that pulled up. And you know, the boxes sold out in one minute. Somehow he got one. But Terry, I gotta say special thank you to you. Um, Terry brought his, his uh, beautiful Korean YouTube celebrity girlfriend and they brought me a gang of gifts. That's one thing about Korean people. They don't fuck around. Yo, when, when you enter a Korean person's house for the first time, you don't have, a, you, you better have, they're going to have gifts. You better have a motherfucking gift. I don't care if you don't bring a gift to my house. We don't keep it that traditional like that. But they keep it extra real. Like when I would go to these K-pop shows and shit and see, like just get out of the airport and Jay Park, when we would enter a different city and there'd be like a fucking gang of people there bringing fucking iPhones and fucking fruit and all kinds of shit i'm like hey don't don't eat that shit dog <laughs> he's like i'm not eating that but you know um it's different you know this is uh these are good people i i sat and chopped up with uh this guy terry and uh they brought me just goddamn. they brought me kogi uh they brought me a gang of panchan um motherfuckers brought me pokari sweat now you know that's my favorite drink that's what pretty much that's all i drink i go through a fucking gallon a day almost right and um they brought me a bottle of fucking soju. They brought me height, okay? A lot of y'all don't know this, but I'm not a big beer fan, okay? But I do love me some height, okay? I fuck with Cass, but height is my shit. And they brought me that. Yo, thank you, Terry, and your girlfriend. I, I can't wait to do her show. Um, she has a food eating uh, YouTube show and she got some spicy ass shit. I don't know, way spicier than fucking gochujang. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I'm kind of scared, but I'm excited as well. Thank you guys. Thank you, everybody. I literally cannot tell you how much I do appreciate everyone that has been a part of these boxes from the Bay Area to LA. The San Diego boxes go on sale this weekend. Um, you know, the Seattle boxes go on sale the first week of December. And then I got New York next year. But look, you know, a lot of those things that are in that LA box cannot be obtained off my site. So I just want you guys to know that I did that on purpose, right? And I will never certify a Dodger autograph ever through BGS, okay? I will only sign Dodger autographs of my Chrome cards for super close homies. And that's like, like I can count on one hand. And of course, for Dodger players, because I did one for Gavin Lux. I've done one for, uh, for obviously, Jack Peterson's my boy. But you're not going to see BGS certified Dodger cards. You just won't. I won't do it, period. Okay? And I'm not just going to sign it. You have to be like, it has to be something real special. Um, by the way, last night, right when the game ended, I listed my Dodgers Pantone 294 BBDTCTs. And, yo, right as soon as they went up, you know, my assistant Sean hits me up. And he's like, yo, they sold out. It was like 10 seconds and gone by. No bullshit. Those shirts are sold out. The BBDTC and the Pantone 294 Dodger Blue with the 21310. They were special for the box. 
No, I will not make any more, period. I'll do some other shit, but I'm not. I only made 36 of them. 24 went on sale last night. 10 went to the boxes and I kept two, all right? So speaking of my website, um, I had a big merch drop on a Friday. It did really well. And uh, I'm trying to think of more things that I could put up and not flood the market. You know, once this project 2020 ends, I'm fucking done with all that. Like I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, my next big thing would be this project I got going on with um, with Tops, of course. And then uh, I got a, a, my Chrome set dropped in summer 2021. And um, so I've been meeting with graphic designers and I'm doing a lot of things to bring better and nicer merch. When I say nicer, I mean like high quality. I don't wanna just print on a Gildan, even though I love the Gildan white tees, but I'm talking about like hoodies, doing more of those really nice basketball shorts and doing other things like that. And um, not necessarily doing too many collaborations with other, I mean, I'm doing collabs, but I mean, if I'm not doing a major collaboration, let's say with Crocs or someone huge, um, no offense to network and stuff, but I'm trying to push everything to bbdtc.com, right? So that even means BTB, Behind the Baller Podcast Merch. Um, I want to get like, you know, I want to get some good podcast tees, you know, the Dust Brother tees and things like that. But legit BB high quality merch is coming and a lot more good shit, all right? Um, a real quick thing about the hobby, we're not going to speak about it too much, but my George Brett autographs go on sale this Friday as well. And thank you to those who copped my Roberto Clemente card. I'll be choosing a winner for the gold Ben Baller money counter this week. If you bought a Roberto Clemente card, you literally got one or two more days to send an email to benballerdidthecard at gmail.com. Show me a screenshot of your receipt. Don't show me no eBay purchase. Show me something from tops.com and uh, you'll be entered into this raffle. I'm gonna announce a winner. Um, don't forget the San Diego boxes go on sale this Friday. Yes, my fucking George Bed autographs go on the same time, but don't worry about it. There's only 10 San Diego boxes. So figure it out. And the George Brett things, again, you know, my autographs, again, because I'm doing them for a lower price and everything else, there's more room for people to kind of like join in on the fun and stuff and everything, right? And I only have like six or seven autos left. And I think, what? Yeah, and only five more cards left. So it's, you know, it's getting close and I can't wait. And that is it for the hobby. So anyways, yo guys, let's get into this interview. It's straight to the point. Vegas Dave is crazy as fuck and you just, you know, just you understand why people hate him, but he's a lovable guy and he's just real. He's a money-making machine. He's a betting fucking guru. He's a fucking maniac, right? So Miles, hit me off with some Lakey Lake and then let's get into this interview. check game you know how the price of gold has been skyrocketing lately right there's an easy way to buy gold through our friends at acre acre lets you subscribe to gold bars for as little as 30 dollars a month you pay each month and once your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars they discreetly ship acre gold to your house and just recently acre has introduced a new $100 a month subscription to a five gram gold bar. Acre lets you invest in physical gold without coming out of the pocket all at once. Acre keeps you updated via email on your gold stash every month and ships out once you reach 
the price threshold. With Acre, taking physical delivery of your gold means it's safe and sound in your hands. Acre ships your gold directly and discreetly to your door. Visit getacregold.com forward slash baller and start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you go to this URL because Acre is giving away gold. To qualify for the giveaway, tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention at get underscore Acre. All right, again, that's getacregold.com forward slash baller. Thank you, Acre Gold, for supporting the show. So, yo, we're back right now on Behind the Baller. We have a very controversial guest, and you know how we get down here. We don't hold back at all. And I have a lot of similarities with this dude. People have called me this dude's twin. We have had a lot of, we got a lot of mutual friends, and we talk a lot of shit. And we couldn't be more different, but more same. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Vegas Dave. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's all good. You know, it's crazy because... People always like, oh, what's it like talking to Kevin Durant? What's it like talking to George Lopez? What's it like talking to, you know, I'm like, some of those people are actually my friends. But really, think about it, bro. I remember hearing your name three years ago, whatever, and it's like, for the most part, whatever, even though I had a television show, that shit don't matter. I don't really consider myself a celebrity. Do you consider yourself a celebrity, honestly? I don't. I'm so I'm so focused on my day-to-day activity. I don't even know what's going on on the world, man. This is the first actual like, debate I've ever followed in the presidential election. I'm so busy working, man. I don't pay attention to the noise. You're not the only one, bro. Every single person I fucking know in the world has followed these debates. Anyways, going on. Um, with that said, bro, what I mean is when you hear about the dudes, like two, three episodes ago, I had this girl named Arya. She's the second time she's been on. Filipino girl. She used to be a bottle waitress. She got into debt for, um, cause she had medical issues. She had like medical bills and stuff. And she was a bottle waitress and she did this. And now she's a fucking vice president of her own small little logistics company. And she's worth like 25 mil. People took to that way better than a billionaire on my show. Do you know what I'm trying to say to you? Like a hustler, you feel me? Yeah, I make, totally makes sense. So with that said, dog, let's jump right the fuck in. And by the way, Dave, we go hard, bro. We don't, you know what I'm saying? There's no like... Don't hold back, bro. You know what I mean? All right. I never, yeah, I'm so busy. I don't even listen to your stuff, but I just know it's going to be good. So let's go. Yo, bro. I'm an open book too. So let's go at it. Bro, who is Vegas Dave? Real quick, bro. Just tell my followers, man. Vegas Dave is just a character. David Wancha is who you're speaking to now that works 18 hours a day, lives with his mom and dad still because I love, not for financial reasons because I love him so much. Um, I still eat dinner with him five days a week at the dinner table. I'm, I'm half Japanese, half Romanian, so I'm very close to my mom and dad, an only child. Vegas Day is a character. He gets people to hate him, gets people to love him. Um, loud, obnoxious, but it's just a market, it's just a brand. It gets people to talk about me, good or bad, either way they know my fucking name, and gets people to my pages. And when they go to my page, they see what I'm all about, they give me a try, and they realize I'm legit. So Vegas Day is just a marketing tool that gets them to David Wancha, and David Wancha makes some money. Right. So I was on your live one time and we we're talking shit. Boom. You came back and you said, yo, Ben, if I wasn't banned from a casino or whatever it was. And I was like, wait a second, what the fuck? Like, you know, cause I don't really dig into your shit either. You know, I know you gamble. I know you do things, but bro, explain being banned from the sports book or what, I mean, explain basically, what, what do you mean? What's going on? So what happened was, I'm mean, very honest. I was a professional loser 
for about a decade. Um, I lost all my money, make money, lose it, make money, lose it. Finally, I broke the code. I realized how to beat the books. I broke every sports betting record in the world. The Royals for $2.5 million, the Broncos for $2.3 million. So Broncos 2.3, Royals 2.5 million, predicting them in week one, um, before the season started actually at huge odds. And then predicted Holly Holm over Ronda Rousey and the Misha Tate over Holly Holm. I hit like a $10 million run in wait about six wait, months. Wait, wait. Whoa, bro. You're telling me you bet big on that Holly Holm fight when no one fucking knew she was going to win? I have the record. You can look at it. I put 20000 max bet, paid 240000 That's That was the biggest UFC record payout. And then I went against Holly on the next fight. I took Misha Tate um, to pay it out 300000 And that's when they cut me off. I broke every sports betting record, then they banned me. Okay, so my question is, are you talking about the win, MGM? Like, what are you talking about? Every place. So what ha- I mean, I'm sure you, I'm surprised you don't know about this. So what happened was they banned me. And then when I went to collect my Broncos money, the $2.3 million, some of the casinos paid me, two of the casinos didn't. And when I fought for my money, they indicted the government, the casinos worked together. They indicted me on 19 uh, um, alleged felony accounts, up to 40 years in prison saying uh, I was using false information for players' cards. They just didn't want to pay me the money. I fought the feds for three years and ended up beating the case. No felonies, no no uh, jail time. And that's why I have a book and documentary coming out. It's a pretty fucking crazy story. That's some... I mean, I fucking hate that bitch shit, dog. God damn. Casinos are fucking losers. They don't, they're just store losers. I mean, they're billion-dollar companies and someone beats them. They don't want to pay you. They're just a bunch of fucking crooks. So let me ask you a question. Can you walk into like the Bellagio now or can you not? Nope. 86 for life. Any casino that I beat, I can't go back on property. The ones I never bet at because they don't take a lot of action, I'm welcome there. But I'm not allowed to bet again. The Aria? I can't go to any MGM properties. I beat them bad. Okay. Can you go to uh, Palace Station, Palms? Palms is closed. Yeah, I can go to Palace Stations. But to be honest, I don't go, I don't fuck with the casinos no more. I would never, ever go. And I could never bet again. If I was allowed to bet again, I'd be a fool. Because number one, when you lose, you lose your money. And when you win, they don't pay you and then try to put you in prison. Jesus so it's a lose-lose situation. Well, one of my questions was going to ask you, what was your lowest moment gambling? But I guess you already fucking already said that. You well, know I mean, no, actually the lowest moment was since it's going to be my documentary. I gambled all my money away and uh, my parents had to bail me out of debt. You know, my parents are retired. They're older. They gave me their last retirement. They cashed out the retirement check to put me uh, back on. And that's why I, I'm so good to them right now. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, look, look, Ben, with no bias, right? Obviously, you have your personal issues. because I don't like police, right? I've had a lot of fucking issues with the police and they fuck with me, boom, whatever. I have great attorneys as well. But um, with that said, I mean, if you were going to recommend, and if you're going to say no, then that's fine. But if you were going to recommend like a casino, somewhere to stay at, where would you tell somebody to stay at in Vegas? Nowhere, because you're going to lose anyways. <laughs> Fucking for real, you're gonna lose your ass. And if you win, they're not gonna fuck. They're gonna take away your comps and a bunch of bullshit, man. It's a bunch of crooks that run that shit. Oh my god! All right, well, you know what, man? Let's get into something else, man. What do you think about the explosion this year during the pandemic of sports cards? It went fucking haywire. It's still crazy. I got lucky, man. (laughs) You know what? I agreed to put my uh, red trout in the auction. And then the pandemic hit, and I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God, no one's going to buy this card. There's no sports. No one has money. But it worked in my favor because all these rich people had to diversify, and they realized the stock market was crashing. So it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It got more people to uh, diversify their portfolio. And 
luckily it was a huge baseball card market and I got out real quick. Oh man. I mean, you know, when, when I saw the $900,000 one and that was the one of five, right? When I seen that, I was like, okay, you know, okay, that's Vegas. Oh shit, that's Dave. That's right. Oh, Dave, I know Dave. He reached out to me to get a fucking $300,000 watch and I didn't fucking- You wrote I, me back. I ended up buying it for pristine. You know, the thing is though, but bro, I tell people a hundred episodes in- I turned down job, not turned down, just saying, I'm fucking busy. There's someone just hit me up. Dave, you hit me up for what now? It was like a $400,000 watch. We didn't know each other, but you know. But still. We just knew of each other. Okay, $400,000 watch, and I just couldn't even get, I mean, I ended up selling it regardless, but I couldn't just, I mean, I was fucking busy, and I was like tied up. It wasn't anything personal. You know, people I think it, like. Man. Yeah. So you sold the $900,000 card, and then no one thought you were going to break out the fucking one-on-one. I had to, man. When it, when the red one went for nine hundred thousand, I'm like, man, I this thing's gonna go for four million dollar plus. When I bought the card two years ago for four hundred thousand, I told the world this card's gonna break the record, and I thought it was gonna break it like in five or ten years. But two years later, I saw the opportunity, and I just unloaded everything. So the crazy part is, I had Gary V on my show three, four weeks ago, and I asked Gary about the card, and Gary truly said, man, you know, he's kind of he's he's very like I don't know not. How do I describe it? First of all, love Gary. You know, there's a lot of more things that I, that I know about him now and everything. And, you know, sometimes he'll avoid things. Sometimes he'll speak very positive in, a, in like, not a fake way, but just not trying to be negative. But he kept it 100. He was like, yo, bro, I truly think someone's going to fucking buy that card for fucking five or six million later, too. It's, it's going to be sold, but it's going to be a harder to sell. I just don't think there's much money to be made. I honestly, like I think I told you before, you know, I predicted baseball cards three years ago and then Gary did it like a year after and then it took off and I'm going to be the first one to predict it. The market's going to collapse. I still believe it. In two years from now, everyone buying all these Giannis's and all these Lucas, they're going to lose their Kevin ass. Durant, they're, everyone, yeah. they're all going to lose their ass. Everyone's jumping on that rah-rah shit, you know, buying all these Giannis's, you know, I know Gary has the right intention. Gary's a good soul. But everyone's going to follow that lead and they're going to lose their asses in three years because right now it's at the peak and everyone jumping in right now are overbuying, overpaying. And this shit, anything that goes up goes down to a lot of economics and all these young kids buying are going to lose their fucking asses in three years. Mark my words. And look, I still think about spring is when we peak. I still think it's going up, man. I'm, being, I'm, not, I'm not joking you, bro. The way yeah, I, I know see- it, it, we're, we haven't peaked, peaked yet, but I just know in two to three years it's going to be a disaster. All right, well, that's good to know, man. So I was giving, I was trolling you. We're DMing each other, talking shit here and there, boom. You had your Clippers winning. I was ready to bet just a part of my net worth. I was ready to bet 10 million. <laughs> Fucking the Clippers were not going to win, bro. You know what I mean? I just knew in my heart, I was like, yo, bro, something's off internally. Something's just weird, boom. So like, how about my Lakers, bro? And you know what? I said it, man. We lost those two games by ourselves. They didn't beat us, bro. We beat ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We just we just beat ourselves. I mean, what are your thoughts of next year? I know it's early. But next year, what fuck? We start in, in December. The fucking it's starting just, early. Yeah, and who knows what happened to cousin what's gonna happen to cousins. I mean, it's very hard to win back to back any pro sport. So my thing is when a team wins a championship, it's very hard for them to go back to back, but the whole public bets that team because they're sold off um all the energy and hype, it's very hard to win back-to-back in pro sports. It happens, but it's very hard. No, for sure. And they got to stay injury-free. 
Look at fucking Jordan, man. He had to work 10 times. And they have, he had such a different mentality. He literally had the real savage mentality. That motherfucker would stab someone and get fuck, kick you when you're down on the floor. You know, it's just different now. People are soft now. I'm being real, bro. You know, I'm almost 50, dog. You know, I'm just, people are you're soft now. The, the, the Pistons days, the bad boys, Bill Ambeer oh, and all that different. shit. You know, when I watched a fuck 30 for 30, I'm talking about current, like in 1992 when it was like, you know, just three, four years after their bad boy era. You know, I played college basketball, guarded Steve Nash, and one of my coaches said the greatest thing. He said, look, man, this team knew how to get you out of your fucking rhythm. They knew how to fucking make you play bad. They'll go in there and beat the fuck out of you. And they just they just did. They made everyone else play bad. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, I wish they had teams like that now. So on to baseball. Who do you got win the World Series, man? You know what? I, I can't... The crazy thing is I took the Braves at the beginning of the year for my players, but then I switched the Dodgers. You know, I just, even though I can't stand the Dodgers, yeah. I really can't. I just really think it's their time. Um, I, I agree, dude. And, and Atlanta, you know, Freed's their only good starting pitcher. They're two and three, Anderson and the other young kid. They're very right. They're young. No, I think, you know, and, and Acuna is, is like their only like real star star and like. Freeman. Freeman too. Freeman had MVP numbers this year. But he's just a quiet guy. Yeah, but I mean, look at our team has been somewhat the same for the last three years. We've gone to the World Series two out of the three years. But bro, look with Mookie now, and like just the way man, I'm we got some great rookies. Mookie's too. a key player. Yeah, Mookie's the key player. Why? You know, I think they'll be if they play the Rays in the World Series, they'll beat the Rays. The Rays don't have that one guy, even though Margot is doing well, and that, that other guy I forgot his name. But Mookie is just a game changer. So in the World Series, that's why I think the chip goes to. Uh, the Dodgers, and I'm not a Dodgers fan at all. No, I hear you. It's all good. Um, by the way, man, I don't know if you remember back in the day, I, I outed, remember that guy Jet Set Life when he was all over Instagram? He, yeah, I remember him. Okay. And he, he got I, in some trouble or something. Yeah, shit, right? I called him out. Dude, the, the fucking FBI called me. Like, they were on the IRS, everything, and like, I called, I don't know how the fuck they got my phone number. Anyways, I called dude out. I don't like fraud motherfuckers. I don't like people who do all that bullshit. And I get people who DM me like, man, why the fuck you fuck with David Vegas, Dave? You give him shout outs and stuff. Man, that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm a motherfucker. right? Yeah. And I'm like, listen, man, let me tell you something real quick. One of my business partners who I've made millions with fucks with Vegas Dave heavy. Okay. And I was like, do you understand my boy Calvin bets with Dave? Like he fucking takes these bets. Like shut the fuck up. You, my boy would be the first motherfucker. Be like, yo, dude, fuck that. You know? And I got homies that know you and people, whatever, blah, blah. Like I said- on the insider level, I had no bullshit. The little dudes, like, you know, you know, they're just crying about some bullshit. So my thing is, how do you deal? Like, I have my thing. I just laugh. Like, their frowns make me smile. How do you deal with your haters, man? I'm immune to them. You know, there's, I mean, if there's a day that goes by where no one's talking shit about me, I mean, every day someone's putting out fake, there's 100 fake Vegas Dave accounts. Every day people talking shit about me. But for me, when you get higher levels of success, the haters just come out. It's pretty crazy and that, you know, they're mostly grown men, you know, with kids and grandchildren. It's amazing. Uh, but I don't pay attention, man. Like people will send me shit. I'll laugh you in there, but I'm so focused working 18 hours a day that I don't pay attention to the riffraff bullshit. Yeah. They're, they're just confused admirers. They don't even know it. I mean, they talk about you every day, just confused admirers. No, nah, for sure. Um, real quick, man, you just got me thinking about you living at home with your parents. You're fucking G for that. Yo, you just stepped up another notch in my book. Um, so, uh, look, man, how big has social media been your success, you think? 99%. That's why my thing years ago was content is king, king of content. Content is a new currency. I wouldn't go to a nightclub without 
me feel without bringing a camera crew. I wouldn't go anywhere without a camera crew. And people thought I was crazy, annoying, but now I have all the content to show it. You know, good thing I recorded the Mike Trout card buying it for $400,000. What's yeah, better to say, say, say about that? Or is it better to show a video? You know, so content is king. So Instagram, I post on all platforms every single day. And I make nine, I mean, I make about, I post a million dollars a week, a million dollars a month. A month is a bad month. A million dollars a week on average, all of social media with no overhead. Not a bad business. What's the most you've made in a day? Uh, 800, 900,000, 850, 860. I wanted to hit a million. That was my goal, but I didn't hit it. I could do it if I did a $100 package. I'd sell, I could make a million, but I'm not going to drop my prices from a $1,000 a pick to 100 because I care about the brand. Well, fuck you. I've made more than that a day. (laughs) (laughs) One little thing I can fucking finally beat you in. Um, (laughs) So look, you're talking about nightlife. You predicted that nightlife would die. Um, I don't go out. I fucking hate going out. Um, I went from being in nightlife, being a DJ, love going out, and now it's like you couldn't fucking pay me a hundred thousand dollars to fuck. I'm being serious, bro. You couldn't pay me a hundred grand to fucking show up to a club. I'd rather kill myself. Like seeing, like the, I think the end of it was like seeing Jolo, like going to fucking Marquee and seeing Jolo in there. And just be like, all right, dude, this is it. This is like, I, you see this dude, like this guy's really gonna get his dick sucked tonight by by a hot bitch. Like this is the world is fucked up. Because he's handing out bottles of Cristal to everybody. Yeah, he had me fucking like Ace, Cristal, everything. So you predicted nightlife. Speak on that. Like what your issue is with just the Vegas clubs, whatever clubs you have issues with. So the thing is, is that I'm misunderstood a lot. And I speak what other people are thinking. And I'm just telling people, night, the people stuck in nightlife, it's like quicksand. The longer you stay in, the harder to get out. And those fucking companies don't give a fuck about you. They don't care. Just easily replace. You know, people from different states, they want to grow up and be like, I want to be a bouncer at a club or a girl wants to be a bottle girl. And they always say, one more year, one more year. They go in with two or three-year plan. 20 years later, the girl's still serving tables. And I was always telling people, there's a better life out there. You can't be stuck in that nightlife because there's no future. And I see, you know, pool season. These hosts are working at the pool from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then have to work night shift from 9 p.m. to 5 in the morning. It's getting overworked, underpaid. So my my venting was one, there's no future in it. Two, they're just using you and you're easily replaced. And three, everyone that goes to the nightclub is 99% of the same people doing the same shit. The same do nothing in their lives. That was my point I was trying to make to people. And I knew it was going to collapse because money runs out sometimes. And when this pandemic happened, what happened? All the nightclubs shut down right away. All the disposable income went down for people. Yeah. I mean, I think personally, I've told people, and this is a business podcast, you know, I'm competing against NPR. I'm competing against Wall Street Journal, MSNBC. I'm competing independently against billion-dollar corporations to be on the top charts. And I still do my thing, you know, without, you know, a, a major studio behind me. And I've been telling people, look, man, you know, I really feel like recession's coming. It's kind of inevitable. And then I didn't think a depression was going to come, but we're in a depression now, you know. And it's like, I think that 2021 is going to be worse financially and economically than this year is already. That's just what I think, you know. And I think that... um, no nightclubs are opening back fuck up by next. No, there's no way there's going to be fucking day parties next year. There's no way. There's no way. They tried it in Vegas. And now they're trying to do 250 people to get in. It's just going to collapse. And I agree with you. I think the housing market's going to drop. You know, a lot of people that haven't been paying their rent, they're going to get out. It's going to be crazy after the election. No matter who wins, there's going to be riots. Shit's going to get nastier. It's going to get worse. And um, there will be a recession. But always, the people with money will make it through just fine. But the problem is the poor just get poor during a, a crisis like that and people need to prepare. The problem is with this COVID that happened, people should have woke up and said, listen, I didn't save enough money. I'm not gonna let this happen again. But all those people getting those stimulus checks, 
you know, they're spending it on the Amazon. They're not. Fuck you, talking about spending on Gucci slides and shit. Stupid shit. <laughs> You're laughing, bro. I'm being dead serious, dog. It's crazy. I'm laughing at how, how crazy people are. They just don't understand. They don't plan for tomorrow. They don't plan for the next day. They plan for today only. Yeah. And you know what? I bought a $1.2 million car like three months ago. And guess what? It was nothing because I had made five times that. And I was going to get the car regardless. Do you know what I'm trying to say to you? And I've saved. And it's a different thing. And I have a trust. And I, you know, I made sure that my kids are good. I got three kids. Do you have kids, Dave? No, that's why when you said tonight, I was going to ask you, I was like, man, you need to put your kids to bed. I was like, how do you, how do you manage your uh, success having children? For me, I could never have kids. It's tough. Because I, I can only imagine. So hats off to you for being a good father and still making a lot of money. You know, um, that. my cousin hit me up and he goes, hey, Ben, man. And he's 42, right? He's younger. He goes, hey, I don't get it. Because most of the time he's working, he's day trading, he's fucking has real estate, he sells fucking software. And he makes a lot of money, does all kinds of shit. And he's like, what do you do when you're just, when, you know, your, your son's bike breaks down and then your wife's, the battery dies and this, this. And I'm like, motherfucker, you live life. I, that shit happens every day. And he's like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. I just do it. You know, you just fucking, you just do it. And that's just my life. What, uh, what would you say is like one of your favorite perks of being a high roller? Probably just the, the power and the confidence. I mean, I feel like I can do what I want, where I want. I just do it, you know, but I really under, uh, before I used to be really out there, you know, but now I'm more of an introvert. I don't like to be seen. I don't like people to know where I'm at. Like I used to like the attention before, but now I don't. It's really changed. You know, I just want to work <laughs> right. and uh, just want to like work. The, I love you working. You like the attention online though. I mean, cause you push it, but I mean, I get oh, yeah. it because I can't even leave the house. Did I get videotaped? I'm like, come on, bro. Like, I'm just trying to eat my lunch. You know, like, I have to protect my kids, you know, because I'm very, very scared, you know, because, you know, I got to carry a gun all the fucking time. I went a good 10 years without carrying a piece, carrying a piece every day now or whenever I leave. Yeah, man. Anywhere I go, travel the airport, anywhere I go out to eat, people taking pictures, videos. It's, oh, it's just crazy nowadays. Before I used to love that shit, but now I fucking hate it. So you don't have any kids. Are you, that girl, she's um, Holly, right? Is her name? I forgot. I'm sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. we're still together. Holly and I are still together. Yeah. Are you guys going to get married? You just, that's your girlfriend. You just, are you guys a good what you are? Yeah, we're good. Um, we're pushing <laughs> the wedding back a couple of years. It's just the last three months is crazy. So, I mean, this is a sacrifice we did for the uh, relationship. It was just featured in the New York Post. You know, there's so much I care about my business. When uh, COVID hit, there was no sports for five months. And then when sports came back, it was like March Madness every day since July 23rd till now. Mm-hmm. So I moved back in with my parents so I could wake up every day fresh, not going to bed late. Because when I'm with her, we talk and hang out. So I sacrificed a relationship, worked 18 hours a day, every single day. I've been working since July 23rd. Um, and then when the World Series ends, I'll have some oh, a three-week break till college basketball. But um, I mean, you've been, going, you've, been go- you've been going hard, boy. I ain't going to lie to you. So question, man. So when you guys get married, what is the end goal? Like, what, like when are you going to chill out? Like, chill at least... Calm the fuck down a little bit. I don't know. I don't think I can ever stop because you know what? Why would I ever turn down? I make $10,000 in five minutes. All I have to do is go into social media and say, click the fucking link and I can make $10,000 in five, 10 minutes off a package. Like why I'd be stupid to turn down that money. No, no. But what I'm trying to say is, look, I turn down money all the time. What I'm, what I'm getting at is when does it stop? Like when you make a billion, I'm just curious. Like when will you I, stop? It was a billion, but who fucking knows? I don't know. I'm addicted to the work. Like I, I can't function if I'm not working, you know? I don't know if I could ever stop. Right now, I don't envision me ever stopping. I'd fucking be on Instagram till I'm 80 at the beach. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question, man. What impact on the United States do you think legalized sports gambling will have on people who were sports fans but now can bet their life savings on games? <laughs> 
It's going to fucking crush people's lives, man, because 99% of the people fucking lose. There's not that many people that can beat the books, you know? So 99% of the people lose, which is going to mean people are going to be working, taking their hard-earned money and gambling it away, lying to their wives and creating dysfunctional marriages. I already know what's going to happen. You know, people already gamble already. They always gambled offshore. Now they're gambling legally. The problem is if you allow people to gamble in almost every state, it's addicting, man. It's very yeah, addicting. Me, if you don't know how to manage your money, you're going to lose your ass. I think it's going to fuck the economy up. Damn. Well, I'm just you, keeping it real. You know what? I actually never read anything about you uh, with card games. Do you play cards at all? No. Okay. Yeah, Sports never, only. Yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't read doing, doing any kind of like, you know, I was a degenerate gambler, bro. I ran a fucking bookie system in high school way back in the day. I was betting on horses. You fucking name it, bro. I bet on fucking tiddlywinks. You fucking flip coins. I was like, I was really that bad. You know, I control myself. I got kids. I got things to worry about. So, you know, if I go play blackjack, I'm going to play $100 hands. You know, like I'm fucking, I'm not, like I can afford to lose that and, and I'm accepted it. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. just having fun. What is your favorite thing and your least favorite thing about living in Las Vegas? Or just Las Vegas, period. God, I think the thing I hate the most is 99% of the people are industry people. I'm sorry to say the 99% of the people I know are losers, man. I'm just saying they're not doing shit. They're doing the same shit every single year and doing nothing. And they're 50 years old, still doing the same shit. I just think a lot of people are shady in Vegas. You know, they're not upfront. They're not honest. And it's just, it's just a show out here, man. So I, I'm not really involved with anything in Vegas anymore. I just stay at my parents and my office and I just fucking work. The best thing about Vegas, probably the Raiders next year when that stadium opens. Jesus Christ, that fucking stadium is fucking beautiful, bro. I mean, it is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. So hold on. I mean, like, okay, you say 90%, 99%. I mean, but, you know, I know for a long time, like, I've been going to Vegas since fucking, you know, the early 90s, right? And, uh, you know, some things that people tell you, like, oh, you know, by the way, you know, uh, uh, I forgot what the fuck they said, like 90% of the entire city of Las Vegas or the entire town of La- every, all of Las Vegas, 90% work for the fucking casinos, and I'm like, come on, man. Are you serious? But like, is that still true today? I don't know. I mean, I have no idea, but not anymore. Everyone got laid off. I just know that it, you know, there's, it goes from busboys to servers to blackjack dealers to concierge. I mean, the hotels employ a lot of people. So like I said, it's hospitality is a big market, but it's, it's once you're in, it's hard to get out and it's not, it doesn't pay well at all. A lot of people are being affected right now. So I tell people, let's get that side hustle off the internet. That's the that's the future, the ten ninety nine world. Gotta get out of that W two bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> w two bullshit. So true. So fucking true. I can decide it better. I mean, I don't know, man. You know, like I just saw that the win had rooms for $111. I've never seen a room for under $399 in my life. And that's like if you're booking super in advance at like Christmas during a dead time. Like, mm-hmm. how the f- like, you see all these fights that are happening in the fucking casinos now? Like, it's straight. I, I heard about them. It's Get crazy because anybody happened. can go right now. Everyone's getting fucked up. It's cheap. And, uh, you know, there was a, a certain clientele that the win attracted before, but now anybody can get a room. And uh, I just heard there's a lot of stabbings. There's a drive-by. It's crazy right now in Vegas. Bro, there was a full-on, full-on fucking straight right inside Fashion Square. I mean, Fashion Show Mall. <laughs> Fashion Show, yeah, I saw that. Fucking fight right in front of the Apple Store. Like, they were fucking straight up six on four. Like, it was crazy. Um, one of my last questions pretty much is because I love food. And, I, and you look like, look, no offense, dog. You're not a motherfucker. You don't have a six-pack. You look like you might eat some shit. You know what I mean? You look like you might be Samoan. You eat some spam. <laughs> Bro, what are your favorites? Where, where are your favorite spots to eat in Las Vegas? You know, there's a couple. I, like, I love Nobu. I love my sushi. Um, another 
hidden place of Senem Japan, which is another good sushi place. But Korean barbecue, Hullback barbecue. I Wait, love so the Korean barbecue. I've never, had, I've never fucking ever been to any Korean barbecue in fucking Vegas. It's so good. It's on uh, Spring Mountain. Get the mar- marinated uh, skirt steak. You got to take bomb. me, bro. I'm fucking Korean. You know that. So you got to take me. Damn. <laughs> so you don't like uh, Lotus of Siam? I love that. It's one of my favorite spots. That place is good. I like that place. I love the Asian places, man. So hold on, wait a second. I'm so sorry, man. You can't even go to the fucking win and just eat at the win. You can't eat at SW? Trespass, man. 86, any casino that I beat, I can't go to. And my documentary is coming out. So when that comes out, you, everyone's going to see the whole story. Jesus Pretty crazy. Fucking Christ. Okay, so the last question I have off, ask every single guest who comes on the show, period, is Is there anything you'd like to ask me? I was going to ask you when you told me, like what I said earlier, when you said I had to put the kids to bed, I was like, how do you balance? Uh, I couldn't even imagine having one child. Like I work all day. Like I could be a shitty father. Like I can't take this soccer practice. It's fucking overtime. You know, I'd be a shitty father. So I was like, ah, just keep it a real. That's why I don't want to have a child because I want to be the best at everything I do. So if I have a child, I want to be the best father. And I can't raise a child right now because work is number one. So my question for you is just exactly your answer earlier. How, how do you deal with being super successful, working crazy hours, making a lot of money, but also balancing a family. You know what? Honestly, though, I have to give a lot of credit to my wife. If it wasn't for her, if it wasn't for my mom, my mother-in-law, um, my family helping out, you know, we have, a, a, you know, we had help for a while, you know, but now in the pandemic, you know, it's really difficult to have anybody over and stuff. So like, I got to give it to my wife. And Where'd you meet her at? I met my wife. Um, how funny is this? I added her on Facebook. <laughs> she had knew who I was and she was like, Oh guy, this guy's a fucking loser. This is this fucking this guy's a piece, <laughs> this guy's a fucking scumbag. He's a he's a fucking dog. Um and the funny thing was uh we ended up having our first date at Planet Hollywood at fucking uh Koi, you know, sushi spot. I like that place upstairs, yeah. Yeah, and went to Koi and we we and then after about maybe thirty minutes we got into a fight, fucking first date. And I was like, yo, I'm fucking out of here. And she's like, no, you can't leave me. What the fuck are you talking about? You told me you'd take me to my friend's party. And I'm like, I'm not taking you to no fucking friend's party. Your friend's a fucking uh, a nightclub host? Like, fuck that shit. I'm not going. End up going. I call him one boy as a backup. He's been living in Vegas for a while. He worked for fucking uh, AMG or some fucking uh, light group, or one of those fucking places, whatever. And a uh, good dude, though. And, and uh, he got out of the business. He uh, picked me up. And then me and my wife just were like, we were arguing here and there, boom. And then we... uh. This sounds crazy as fuck. I can't believe I'm saying this shit. We both took ecstasy. And I was uh-huh. like, fuck it. Went to the fuck, went to excess and had a great fucking time. I ended up having a cool time. And then we just started slowly getting into it. And then, you know, one of the best things about being a grown man, being a real independent grown ass man is, I think after 27, after 30, whenever the fuck of God, you know, women mature much faster than men do. When you grow up, you don't have to wait fucking two years to do something. You know, like, you know, in high school, you wait like three-year relationship. You could do a three-year high school relationship as a fucking adult in fucking two months. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't sit there and wait for fucking, like, you just know what you want, bro. You don't play games. You don't bullshit. And, you know, the timing was right. And I was like, look, man, this is, this is it. What's good? Like, you know, this is who I am. And I'm always, I'm not going to apologize for who I am. Who are you? Okay, I know who you are now. Boom. And, you know, it just really happened quick, man. We've been together for 11 years. You know, we got three you kids. You guys still fight? You know, we fought over stupid shit. Like, you know, um, I ordered food and I didn't tell her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um, what? Uh, sometimes I leave, I, like one thing that drives her crazy, I leave napkins on the table. And we have a fucking housekeeper, you know? So it's just like, she just gets mad about. But we don't get, we don't fight about no real shit. 
you know. Um, but I do definitely owe her some dinners. It's just difficult right now, you know. This outside fucking weirdo, like it's fucking ninety degrees outside. You know, it's just, it's just, I don't know, man. We, I can't wait for this shit to be over, dude. Period. Another year or so, but you know, hats off. I respect it, man. That balance is key. It's tough, man. And let me tell you something, Vegas Dave. Uh, Dave Wanya, you said. I'm sorry. Wancha, Wancha, Wancha. Sorry, Wancha. My bad. Sorry about that. Vegas Dave, I'd like to say on behalf of Behind the Baller Podcast, thank you so much. And as a friend as well, too, really appreciate you taking the time to get on this show. And um, no, seriously, you have fucking made this. is a, This was straight to the fucking point, machine gun podcasting. This is fucking great, bro. Thank you so much. All good, man. We'll stay in touch. Thank you. My brother. Thanks, man. All you guys know, man, I, I ain't with that YouTuber steez at all. You know what I'm saying? And I, I know I've said some rough things about YouTubers and stuff, but like, it's just, it just ain't my thing, you know? But I do know a few cats who are big on YouTube. Um, my boy Jay Bell from Platinum Motorsport, who's like family, is uh, he's really close to this guy named Austin McBroom. And uh, who's, who's apparently really huge on YouTube. I don't know shit about that whole thing. And him and his wife are like, um, they're big. There's always some kind of crazy shit going on. I try to like, but I, I really don't know because I've never seen a video before, but they're called the Ace Family. Um, I don't know. I've never seen a single video of theirs ever. I've been on this page a couple of times, never really paid attention to stuff. But I do remember when um, when Dude was just coming up because he had a Jeep. You know what I'm saying? He even had no fucking exotic car yet. And then he had copped the McLaren. And then uh, I think he got a, he's got a Lamborghini um, um, Huracan Performante. Anyways, his brother, Austin and his brother, Landon, Landon just got a, a 720S all done up by Platinum Motorsport. Um, they set up a drive from Woodland Hills, which is in the valley, to Malibu, right? And it was cool. You know, the weather was like not really too warm. It was, it was, it was good, man. It was really structured, though. You know, he had security detail and things like that. And I get it. You know, he's, he's like uh, got crazy fans, whatever. So we all had walkie-talkies, which is something that I, um, I've been doing that for a long time. Every single drive I have with homies, I make sure at least three or four of us got walkie-talkies. But, you know, it was like maybe 12 or 13 of us and, um, Anyways, it was uh, out of the 12 or 13, I knew like nine of us and I pulled up with like seven, right? So, you know, my boy Anthony came with me. He's got a pista. I've actually been rocking with Anthony pretty heavy for the last three months. And he pulled up my boy Kai, who uh, Kai Bentley, who also has a podcast. I'm not, I'm not positive. I'm so sorry, man. Kai, you could be mad at me. I think it's called Medium Rare Podcast. I'm not sure. But uh, him and his brother, Levi Bentley, they got a podcast. Anyways, Kai invented me. And what's crazy is Kai is one of the most legit guys that I know who has actually grown up semi-privileged, okay? And I think, I say semi, but I think maybe he was he grew up very privileged, right? Because he's a young dude, and his dad is a world-renowned chef. You know, um, his family's been in business with Drake. They're from Toronto, Canada, but he's part Chinese, and his dad's OG Hong Kong. And like, I knew immediately I fucked with his dad when I just seen the recipes and all the stuff and everything. And the restaurants, they fuck, you know, that, that just, he's a foodie. He's, he's a good dude. Yo, the funny thing is, I actually trolled the post with his brother Levi because he was wearing just, just the fucking, it was just, it was just too much. In a way, I'm going to keep it 100 with you, man. I, I love these guys. But in a way, he was taking himself too serious, you know, and people think I do, but I don't. I, I think people don't realize I'm very sarcastic. But, I trolled this boat, his brother, because I just didn't like, just, I don't know, man. But <laughs> the funny thing is, this is a long time ago. We all became really cool after that. We all talked it out. You know, we chopped it up and it was just, it was funny, right? And anyways, Kai, 
he's got a sick ass 720 um, McLaren 720S on BBS LMs. And again, like I said, dude is just solid. He's never fronted on me ever. Even after the bullshit, we chopped it up, we became cool. Um, they vlog, they do stuff on internet. They're, they keep themselves busy. And one thing about Kai is, besides the fact that this dude is actually a really good looking guy, we share a lot in, in common, right? We have a lot of the same interests and things. So we set up a pre-meetup, which I always do before we do a drive somewhere, you know, usually at a gas station. So we gas up. And uh, these guys, we get on the fucking freeway and these dudes won't do 110. Like, I'm like thinking like, what the fuck's going on? I don't get to drive the center very much, you feel me? Like, so if I get out, I'm gonna push this bitch to the max, you know, heavy pedal. And like, I'm barely going 145, 148. And like, what the fuck is going on over here? And like, oh, I got caught behind a car. Man, forget the fuck out of here. You Swiss cheese through all that shit. You guys got fast cars, but don't want to drive fast? I'm confused, right? But um, my boy, Alex Choi, he pulled up. He's like really popular in the car community now. He's kind of doing his thing. And, and uh, he's a little troublemaker. He's fucking hilarious. He is another kid I gave a very hard time to. Um, I, I really gave Alex a really hard time. He's Korean. And you know what, man? He, look, he's, he's a good kid. You know, I actually sent him a DM yesterday. I said, you know what? You're a good kid, bro. You know, I know you're Korean and, and he's actually from Korea. So his, uh, his hang mao is actually excellent. It's perfect. But he's just like, you know, he's like a goofy little nerdy kid, you know? And, and I'm not saying that in the wrong way. He just, he just reminds me of super bad, except he's got exotic cars stepped up. He's got a great imagination. He's pretty creative. And, um, he stepped up his driving skills quite a bit too. So, you know, I don't know. I think I need to set up my own drive too. And uh, if anybody who listens to Behind the Parlor, if you listen to this podcast, let me know if you got an exotic car or if you got anything that could actually keep up with an exotic car. And um, I'll invite you guys out to a drive. We do like a little drive, you know, meet up at a gas station, boom, go run a drive, maybe hit some coffees. It's, it's different now. We would go do a drive, go get some food, but... It's real weird. No offense. I kind of around people who I know are quarantining and wearing masks and being safe and certain things. I just can't rock with somebody else. Unless you motherfuckers want to provide a COVID test or something, then maybe we can discuss it. But I do want to set up a drive. And uh, um, if you guys are interested, uh, hit benballerpod at gmail.com. Now, speaking of drives, the first PML Quick Strike night drive is tomorrow night at Burgers 99 on La Brea Avenue. All right. It starts at 8.30 p.m. You should probably get there a little bit earlier. Um, don't get there too early because I think you can't park on the street before 7. But uh, from there, I am not sure where we're rolling to. We, um, it's going to be crazy because this is the very first night quick strike we have ever done. So for more info, go to at PML Quick Strike on Instagram. And uh, this weekend, actually, I'm doing a charity drive for Armenia. You know, I got to support my Armenian brothers and uh, and sisters too, right? But I'm doing a drive from Glendale to Orange County. And the crazy thing is I was actually supposed to be in San Francisco this weekend. And I just canceled my trip two days ago. I'm right? supposed to be out there for business for Ben Ball did the straight and everything else. But you know what? I, I booked my trip two weeks ago. But this fundraiser is too important. Like I really do got to support these people right now and give them all the help they can get. And um, there's a lot of crazy shit that's going on in fucking Azerbaijan, you already know. And actually, uh, one of the dudes who set up this um, this fundraiser is a guy named Diko, and he's like a legend. He's like a, a real legend in the not just Armenian community, but the SoCal car community. This dude owns a wheel company called Giovanna Wheels. And this is like, this was a big brand. No offense to 4G Auto, because that's my boy. AC is my dog. 
And Forgiato is is a fucking, you know, a huge brand, also Armenian owned. So it's like, I got love for both these dudes, but like, um, I just got, I got, I got to show love to uh, this dude. Never met him before. So it's, it's going to be kind of interesting. And um, if you're interested, fuck, um, God damn, who could you fucking DM? I don't know. It's, it's an Armenian ride for Armenia drive in Glendale, but you got to do, you have to pay if you're going to pull up. It's, it's 500 a person. If you do have a passenger in your car, it's 600. So it's a lot less, but uh, it's for a good cause. Look, I canceled a trip to my favorite city to do this. So, all right, letting you guys know what it is. Uh, real quick to football, for your information, uh, shout out to mybookie.ag. I am currently 46-28-1 when betting against the spread. So, yo, I'm, I'm going to keep it 100. I'm doing better than a lot of motherfucking professional analysts are out there, Okay. And currently right now, I'm up just over $21,000. Um, this weekend's games were cool, but my Seahawks had a bye week. So I wasn't really tripping that deep. You know, it's, I get more into the games when we play and I just get watched. But like, I don't know. I watched a little bit. You know, I, I got the, the NFL mix so I can watch everything at a certain time. I got back in time just to catch the end of some of the early games. But um, I can't believe the Falcons finally gave that work to someone and it happened to be none other than the motherfucking Vikings. All right. Bitch ass Kirk Cause they whooped that they, they Hey man look Falcons finally got that They got a real W And you know They, they should have And also I can't believe That the Buccaneers Like you know I don't fuck with Tom Brady And him with New England I just didn't fuck with That whole shit But um, and I don't fuck with the Bucks now But it's crazy Cause I you know I hate the Packers And you know They're AFC teams I don't give a fuck but they gave the business to the backers, yo. They, man, see Aaron Rodgers throw that kind of, those, those, made, that many interceptions, pick sixes and motherfucking get sacked and all kinds of shit. Yo, I'm all for it because it takes another team out of the NFC or actually the only other NFC team that was undefeated took them out. So I'm hoping that, well, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure Stephen A. Smith uh, will put the Seahawks up Back in first, we'll see. Who might fucking put fucking balls? Who the fuck knows, man? Motherfuckers love to hate the Seahawks. Listen, fuck the Packers and fuck fucking Aaron Rodgers, even though he is definitely one of the goats out there. Last but least, I'm shocked that the bitch-ass Niners actually beat the second best team in our division. Like, in the Rams. I cannot believe Aaron Donald. I can't believe, I'm literally speechless, that the 49ers beat the fucking Rams, okay? So as far as betting goes, for tonight's game, Monday Night Football, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, I'm just going to kind of go, I'm just feeling a little different. I don't know, man. I'm going to go with the fucking upset. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to do this, man. So I think they're going to expose the Chiefs in a little bit. I don't know. I feel a little weird about what's going on with Mahomes right now. He's got a baby coming. It's just, I don't think he's got the same motivation. He's younger. I don't really know. So I like Buffalo plus five and a half for tonight's game. And that's it for the betting part. But yo, listen, it's time to stop fucking around. All right. We need to tighten up our defense. We need to tighten up everything in this motherfucker. Because this weekend, we got our first divisional game versus the Cardinals. I don't want to hear shit. We need to fucking just really look. I don't want to hear any more jokes about our defense. All right. We're undefeated. We out here whooping ass. I really think we're Super Bowl bound. Go fucking Hawks. Fuck everyone else who got something to say about that. Oh, continue on with sports a little bit. Looking at my notes here. 
my boy Jock Peterson, he actually uh, hit me right after the game. And he's like, yo, I got a ticket for you for the World Series. Like, for every game. It's seven games, whatever, boom. So I'd have to find a hotel, whatever else. But you know what? As much as I do want to go, and I'm like, fuck it, let's just do this. I really cannot explain to you how much work I have and how much shit I got to do and how many. I just want to finish these. I want to finish Project 2020. I want to finish these pieces I got for the rest of the year. I got some rings I got to finish. I got a bunch of shit, so I can't go. But the bigger reason why I can't go and I, and I wish I could because it's very safe to fly, by the way. I've been doing a lot of research on it. It's actually way safer than people think. Um, it's actually safe to fly. Uber might be a different story with your pants and fucking touching the doors and all that shit and everything. But I, you know, I'm, I come ready, prepared, all that stuff. Mask, shield, all you name it, motherfucking gloves, whatever the fuck it is, okay? But I can't do that to my kids. Can't do that to my wife. I cannot do that, especially to London. I just can't. I wish... But it's just too crazy. Like it would be, it would be fucking amazing. I, and Jock, you are my fucking bro. Thank you so much, homie. Like you are fucking really an amazing dude. But uh, yeah, I can't go. And uh, I mean, I'm just gonna. I'd rather have Jock give it to somebody else. But yo, Jock, I need you to hit some of those motherfucking bombs like you was doing last year, the year before last. I need you to hit a motherfucking just an HR, a big motherfucking homer at a Globe Life Field. And uh, I'll be tuning in this Tuesday, bro. Let's fucking go. This Tuesday, World Series. Um, entertainment. Ain't been much entertainment. I went swimming this weekend. It was fucking hot as fuck. And the pool was freezing cold. And Kaya, you know, it sucks because London Rider, they've been out. They've been everywhere. London's been on a plane. They all have passports and shit. They've been all over the place. But um, we had to cancel our trip, actually. It's crazy. We had a trip planned earlier this year. I think I mentioned before, right before the pandemic, we had booked it in January to go to Cabo. So I got Kaya's passport ready, boom, and everything. But like, you know, she's never really been anywhere. I mean, she doesn't understand because she's three now. So Kaya's like active. She's got the most character out of anybody. She's so crazy. And she's such a, she's just the most colorful out of all of them, even more than writer. And, you know, she went out a lot before she turned three, but, you know, she doesn't understand and she's so young, you know, like, so she thinks that staying home is normal and it's kind of sad. So, you know, I, I don't know. So when we went swimming, even though I haven't gone swimming in the last two weeks and she left swimming regardless, she didn't want to go back in. I'm fucking freezing to death in the pool. She didn't give a fuck. She's like, I don't want to go inside. So I don't know. But we watched Hocus Pocus, which I haven't seen. So I was fucking, I think I fell asleep to that shit. And they just, you know, they're cool. Yo, Kaya is addicted to TikTok. I hate that shit. But anyways, as far as movies for you guys and shit that I can can tell you that I'm watching and that I can tell you and recommend, um, there ain't been anything worth watching. <laughs> I've been dying to buy a new movie. They just, it's fucking sad. Like I'm waiting for Batman. I'm waiting for fucking, um, fucking I don't know, Fast and Furious. I fucking I have no idea. I'm waiting for fucking Mission Impossible. I'm waiting for fucking everything. Okay, but I did hear that this show Lovecraft on HBO is lit, but it don't look that fresh to me. So I don't know. Anyone who's watched it, hit my DMs, let me know what's good, and tell me if, it, if it's a good show or not, all right? But yo, my boy Blanco, he's got an Instagram page. He's fucking crazy. I definitely think, definitely 100%, if he's listening, Blanco is definitely 51. Something's fucked up in him. He's 730. Something ain't right. He's an intelligent dude, thinking go far, and uh, he's fucking crazy. He's an ex-gangbanger, and uh, he's not that far from where I grew up, actually very close to where I grew up. And uh, he's actually more around my hood than I am. But my boy Blanco hit me up and he told me about this older show called Southland. 
It's about it's a cop show, right? But it's like LA straight up. And uh, I had to buy it. I was like, fuck it, you know, I had to buy season one because it's not available to stream anywhere. So I bought the first season and I have I watched fucking seven episodes straight boom, like addicted. Right. Anything that's gotta deal with real OG shit in LA, like real LA shit, like Hollywood, South Central, West Side, West Hollywood, gangbanging. It's got C. Thomas Howell on the show and like it's crazy. It's got real gangbanging shit from Grey Street Crips to essays and all of that. It's it's really good. I definitely recommend it. I haven't got to season two yet. I'm gonna start that this week. Maybe get to season three. I don't even know if the show is still on the air and I don't give a fuck, but I'm about to buy every season until it's not lit. All right, y'all. Look, I'm watching motherfucking sports. That's what I'm watching, okay? And I'm still tripping that we are going to the World Series, okay? And that we could possibly get a chip in baseball and basketball this year, all right? I know 2020 has been fucked up, but we got to focus on the positive, okay? But also, yo, rest in peace to anyone who lost their life this year in the pandemic. Anyone who had a family member that died due to COVID, you get my condolences, all right? God bless you. But I wish Kobe was still alive to witness all this greatness and all the Mamba mentality that's going on in LA. It is just fucking crazy. I'm just trying to focus on the positive and just really look at things with the glass half full. I've always told you guys, this is not your practice life. That shit is a lifestyle, a model to live by for real. And with that said, we are fucking out of here, y'all. Thank you again. God bless for another episode. Yo, we got an important episode coming up this Thursday for real. Every episode is banging, but this one is important because it's something not like we've ever done, okay? And again, do not forget to vote. Go out and vote, all right? And if you love this show and you have not yet left a review, please do so now. Go to the Apple homepage and go to the podcast homepage. Leave a five-star review. If you leave a five-star review, leave it in question format, and I will answer the question on next week's Week and Wrap Up. I will shout your name up and all that stuff and everything else. I hope you guys did your homework. I hope you told three friends about this show. Look, if you didn't, I still love you. Lakey Lake, what's good, homie? You already know, bro. All right, y'all, we out of here. Lakey, take us to the moon, fam. <laughs>